The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to you, Lord Christ. Good evening. Welcome to All Saints on this Ash Wednesday as we begin our Lenten season, and welcome to you all who are joining us remotely. Would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And though the grass withers and the flowers fade, your word will last forever. So Lord, would you make my words and the meditation of all of our hearts this evening pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, one of the many reasons that I especially love the character of Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell in The Office, is because he has an amazing ability to avoid seeing himself honestly. He's really, he turns it into an art form. He says of one of his direct reports, Jim, he says, Jim and I are great friends. We hang out a ton, mostly at work. He proudly drinks from a coffee mug that says world's best boss. You know who bought it for him? He did. He is the antithesis of our psalmist from Psalm 21 that Tim just read to us. Verse 5, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. In other words, since before I was born, I've been a sinner. Psalm 51 is the Ash Wednesday psalm because it is deeply repentant, honest, self-aware, even painfully so. Verse 3, I know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. Ash Wednesday is the time for us to face the facts of our sin like the psalmist with no charades. The holy God has a case against us, and rightly so. Ash Wednesday and really all the Lenten season calls us to face our sin, but in light of our confidence in life, to face our sin, our first point, and turn to our confidence in life. And so, our sin. 
The preface for the psalm, 51, is not printed in your bulletin, but it reads this. A psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And we could add, and arranged to kill her husband Uriah. Now we're tempted to think, well, at least I'm not as bad as that. But God says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that sin has earned us a wage of death. Do you really believe that this evening? Sin has infected us all, but it shows itself in different ways in each of us. Whether lust, anger, greed, envy, pride, all of the above, or an entirely other gnarly collection entirely, none of us have escaped sin and the death it brings. Verse four, the first part is particularly curious. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Well, why does he say he sinned only against God? What about, what about Uriah? What about Bathsheba? Our sin hurts others. It uses, victimizes, belittles, damages, exploits. Now, when he says against God only I have sinned, he means fundamentally. It's where sin all starts. Fleming Rutledge says, Sin at bottom is not an ethical concept at all. It's a theological concept. Sin is only understood to be sin when God is understood to be God. Unquote. Like David, we need to see that all of our sin is fundamentally a theological choice to rebel, to rebel against the author of all goodness, all holiness, all power. Then continuing in verse four, Lord, the psalmist says, you are justified in your words and blameless in your judgment against me. Ash Wednesday calls us to this kind of perspective, to see sin as God sees it. But this is not our tendency, is it? To say God is justified in his judgment against me. Instead, we tend to see our sin as too small and God as too small. But Ash Wednesday calls us to see at the same time the magnitude of our sin and the magnificence of the love of God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Naked, he received the wrath that we deserve on the cross. Our 2 Corinthians 5 passage, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, the great, deep love of Jesus for you and me. And so let us face our sin, but only in light of our confidence in life, our confidence that comes from knowing God's grace, his mercy, his love in Jesus Christ. If we try to face our sin and its realities without turning and resting our confidence in God's gospel, we risk being overwhelmed with hopelessness. Consider Edward LeClaire, age 57. You may have read about him. 
former Navy mechanic. He was on trial up in Denton County last August on five counts of sexual assault on a person between the age of 14 and 17. When the jury verdict of guilty on all counts was read, Leclerc took the water bottle that he'd been holding and began chugging it, chugged all of it. Little did anyone know at the time that somehow he had laced his bottle with sodium nitrate. Routinely, they moved him to a nearby holding cell while the attorneys scheduled sentencing proceedings. Later, when the court officials checked on Leclerc, they found him, quote, very much either dead or dying, unquote. It was determined later that he died from a lethal consumption of, you guessed it, sodium nitrate. This is what it looks like to face our sin apart from the confidence we can have in life, in the life of of God in Jesus Christ. Listen to David's confidence and hope as he trusts in God's grace even while honestly, penitently facing his sin. He starts out in verse one, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness and abundant mercy. Plot out, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And in verse 10, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. This is a person after God's own heart, confident in God's grace and mercy and love, but also in his power to cleanse and recreate. That's what Jesus wants for each of us in this Lenten season. And that's what he wanted for Peter in our gospel passage from John 21. After his resurrection, Jesus returns to restore Peter from his three betrayals. Simon, son of John, do you love me? He says three times. Here Jesus restores Peter in at least two ways. One, by allowing Peter to confess his love for Jesus three times, the same number of times that Peter betrayed Jesus. And also he restores him by affirming his gracious love for Peter. How does he do that? Will you ever wonder why he continues to bring up Peter's lineage, son of John? John was a popular name in first century Israel. In Hebrew, it means God who is gracious. In other words, three times Jesus says to Peter, Simon, son of God, who is gracious, do you love me? Simon, son of God, who is gracious, do you love me? Simon, son of God, who is gracious, do you love me? Penitent Christian, as you face your sin honestly and fully and turn from it in this Lenten season, let God affirm to you as he did Peter, whose you are. You are a child, a son, a daughter of God who is gracious. No matter your sin, no matter what's gone on in your life. In a moment, your forehead will receive ashes 
in the sign of death, the cross, to remind you of the cost of your sin, but also to remind you of the promise of God, his life for your life in Christ. And you will hear this truth. Remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. However, I have a confession this evening. Silently, just to myself, I add to the end a three-word prayer. You won't hear it except now. It's a three-word prayer of hopeful expectation. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return if Christ tarries. That's because there is a generation coming. It could be us. It could be this evening or this week who shall not return to dust because Jesus will return as he promised to transform us into his likeness in resurrection bodies of life everlasting, all for his glory. And so between now and then, whether that be tomorrow or a thousand years from tomorrow, let us mortify the deeds of the flesh that we might live. Would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, by your Holy Spirit, give us penitent hearts, even a broken spirit, a willing spirit to turn and follow you. May we who are transgressors learn your ways and return to you. Please restore us to the joy of our salvation for your honor and glory. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.